You're listening to The Real Witches of the End Times, transmissions straight from the underworld. Doom witches, blood wizards, underworld accountants, and cloud people. Welcome back to the Real Witches of the End Times podcast. I'm your host, Mana Aelin, aka Mothmana. Today, I've got my friend Rachel, who some of you from the OG podcast listenership may remember from episode number three, which is literally a year ago now, which is hard to believe. But Rachel was here. She was a stranger when I first had her on. Now she's a stranger no more. She's someone I talk to almost every day. We send each other uh, bookstagram TikTok reels about attractive Batman. And (laughs) we also (laughs) talk about energy work and uh, tarot and all those different things. And I'm having Rachel on today to start off at least talking about chakras because when I first really learned that Rachel was interested in chakras. I my I I personally didn't have much of an interest in them and it's not that I didn't like believe them or anything but it just wasn't something that I saw as something really of interest to me at the time because all of the information that I'd been given or had seen was like kind of a watered down internet version which just I didn't feel like had a lot of substance to it. And then Rachel reaches out to me and asks if I want to be part of her beta test for her Reiki course, which she includes chakras in. And within that course, that month of October of last year, blew me away. I'm really into chakras now. I cried a lot. And Rachel, thank you for being here. If you'd like to introduce yourself. (laughs) I made you cry a lot. Okay. Hey, I'm Rachel. I am a divination lover, galactic healer, and I love working with the energetic body and the way that the physical realm manifests through, um, through energy. Yeah. And I love sharing TikTok, Instagram reels of Batman. But not Batman, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a trope going on in YA and new adult fiction of like Faye like fey lore and stuff like that and there's like a whole subgenre of dark fey with like giant bat wings and Rachel and I are really into it. Yeah, really. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> So I, I totally forgot that I was episode three. I pulled cards before this, um, naturally. I pull cards before everything. And I got, um, I was just like, okay, so beginning, middle, end, what does this podcast topic look like? What um, information am I being called to share here? And I got the three of wands and the three of cups reversed. And I found that like so interesting. As soon as you said three, my eyes were like threes in the house. And then Ten of Cups is the upright, is our finale. It's a good one to end on. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I love the family aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of what got me started in chakras is um, my own personal journey through Dark Nights of the Soul and through life. my, when I first was talking with you, I and I've changed so much. Like, I don't, it's just one of those um, many deaths situation as you, as you become reborn and become a 
new and explore more aspects of yourself. Um, when I first talked with you, I was talking about how Christianity led me to tarot and energy work and stuff. And a lot of that was because I would go to these Bible studies, right? And people would go around the circle and be like, how did you find Jesus? And mine, mine was always, um, I know that my children are going to have dark nights of the soul. And I know that my love is not going to be enough for them. So I'm searching for ways for them to find wholeness and love within themselves so that when they traverse the darkness, they can find the light within themselves. And maybe that light is Jesus. And people would kind of look at me and be like, wow, that's a different answer than other people. Because um, <laughs> I just like went straight for like, we all go through dark nights of the soul and, and external love is not enough. It isn't. So how can we find that inner spark? And traveling through that um, led me to other aspects of spirituality. And that got me into energy work with my own body. And as I explored my chakra system, and then the way that different aches, pains, and um, and just traumas impacted the way that I move and make choices in my life. I saw the correlation between the time periods and the density of energies that people refer to as the chakra system, which I use the word chakras um, because it's very common vernacular in modern um, communities. But this is also a, a concept that has been around through so many different um so many different histories it's really is yeah it's the energy within you mentioned to me many months ago now and i've totally forgotten to look look up more information on this but you mentioned how there's in um i don't remember if you said druid or celtic whichever specific um origin there's like a, a energy center system that spirals out of the heart even Yes. So they have the same main portals. I like to think of the chakras as portals because they, they travel through time and space and they hold so much information. They really are portals of energy. Um, but the, that culture sees them as a spiral instead of linear. The spiral starts at the heart and moves through and connects. And instead of seeing it as more of a snake-like kundalini, it's more of a dragon. So, because that is more linked to their mythological knowledge. So it's very similar, but they start at the heart instead of starting down at the root, at the earthly plane. So um, that's a really fun rabbit hole to go down. If you don't identify with starting at the root, if you really identify with more of your energy coming from more of an upper place in your body, that's a really good one to check out. And I was, when I did approach you, I was so nervous because I kept having this like voice in the back of my head, this knowing of a certain couple of people that would be really great in the class. And you are one of them. And then I would listen to your podcast and you'd be like, I really don't identify with chakras. And I would talk to my guys. I'd be like, y'all, she doesn't even, she doesn't like chakras. Like, why are you trying to get me to get her to a chakra class? I want to 
involve people that are into something. I don't want to be like, hey, be my friend and just come to my class. But then I I took a chance and I asked and you were super open to it. And I'm really glad that I did because um, I think it was really, it was just really fun having you there. And yeah, it's my passion. I seriously just love talking about this. And that's why I became a teacher, just so I could talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, in, in like complete honesty, if a random person had asked me to be a part of their chakra class that I didn't know, I definitely at that time would have said no, because I just wasn't interested. But I really trusted you. And I've seen like all the other things you've done. And I knew you on a personal level. And so I was like, of course, I want to see what Rachel's doing. And it just really... I don't, maybe it was the October season in like the whole month leading up to, to Samhain as well. It was a really like, it, honestly, I think going through that class with the amount of, you have like journal prompts and optional, like kind of assignments essentially you can do throughout the weeks leading up to each meeting. And I think it really helped connect me with a lot of ancestral stuff I was working on too, because it helped me identify, um, within myself where I was storing all sorts of different like emotions and traumas. And I needed that at the time. And I think it really helped me come to terms with what I was going through and I'm really grateful for it. So I really recommend this class in general to anyone who's interested. And it wasn't even about chakra specifically. It was about Reiki too, but like, I think I took the most away from the chakra piece. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. So I, I was trained in Reiki back in, uh, 2014 and it, it just seems to be that so many Reiki classes are very prescriptive because that's the way that it evolved as it moved over into the Western culture was put your hands here do things this way and pour energy in. And that's really it. It's, it's kind of like a detached way. And I do, I love Reiki and um, this is nothing against Reiki or anything. Just a caveat to say, don't hate male me <laughs> for, for deviating. But I, I feel like, I feel like it didn't leave room for people to have permission to follow their intuition. And that was something that I struggled with was like, oh, all of a sudden I'm getting a lot more than just putting my hands here. I'm connecting with goddesses that want to work with people. I'm connecting with past life information. I'm connecting with so much that I, at the time, had not really been exposed to. And so I just, because I happen to be a lover of research and probably also just because this is a part of my path. So it was very much a leading into, I researched it. I dove into it. I explored it um, pretty deeply. And then I wanted to share that, like, as you connect with Reiki, as you connect with your own body and as you connect with other people, there's going to be levels of knowledge that come through that could be really surprising. And if you don't, know your body, if you don't know your energy, you may be confused and not trust what's coming through because you may, you know, not everybody's clairvoyant. You may get like a pain in the shoulder and then be like, oh, I probably was on my computer too long when really that's a message from the person you're connecting with. Or um, 
or you may see something totally wild and seemingly fantastical, but it's absolutely legit. But we're not taught to believe that because it happens in the invisible realm, which is linked to imagination, but imagination is linked to not real, not reality, and therefore ignore it or shun it and just pour the energy when, yeah, a lot of the information is just to be passed along so that people can take it and illuminate their own aha moments to spark change in their journey. Yeah, truly. And I'm part of Rachel's Patreon too. And Rachel gave me a new moon reading at the beginning of the month. It was like a a video recording and you had a clairvoyant vision that you saw that I'm sure like to you seemed completely nonsensical. And then when I heard it, I just tucked it away and then it totally came to fruition within this month that I've, that I just went through and it specifically was presented or you presented to me as though a block, like a huge block, literally something blocking me and stopping something um, that I'd been doing for a while. Um, But ultimately it was for the good because it was going to open up other opportunities. And I thought I had an idea of what it possibly could be. And then when it hit, I definitely knew because there was a literal association with what you saw. And it is so amazing to me and you know like I do readings for people as like a job and I am still blown away by what to a reader or someone who is seeing something with clairvoyance or hearing something feeling um, thinking of a song pulling cards doing any type of divination or whatever how insignificant something can seem to us when it doesn't really resonate but how powerful it can be as a message to your whoever you're working with later on. And so I just really want to emphasize the point that you just made, Rachel, because I think it's so important to hear even to people who are seasoned readers, because it's really easy to forget that aspect of what we do. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I really try to point out in my teaching is it's not our job to interpret. Like we're, we're not, um, we're not language interpreters. Like, we're not trying to interpret the um, context. That's what I'm trying to say. You just interpret the words. You just interpret the feelings to a language that the person receiving can understand and take in, even if they don't know it in the moment. Um, It's not up to you to be like, well, can you validate me that you actually understand what block I'm talking about? It really is just like, there's a thing. I see a thing. You have this new knowledge now so that when this comes up, because this is all that readings are and healings and everything, it's when this comes up, what choice are you going to make with it? That's what I feel like a lot of Reiki is. And I've been really diving into curing versus healing and illuminating in my own journey um, because of life circumstances at the moment. And it really is just sending healing or clarity clarity is a really good word for it sending clarity so that moving forward can start to shape into a better path than where you are at the present moment yeah that is a really amazing way to articulate it because as powerful as 
the word healing can be to people on an individual level, especially if you understand the philosophy of what you're doing as like an individual person. I find that on social media or in books or whatever, the word healing kind of gets thrown around really easily without a lot of context now. And I think the way you explained it gives it a level of dimension that is really nice to hear in a saturated environment. And I really like to work with that with um, clients and students where you start to understand how the portals in your body are holding on to things that could be clouding your own soul truth. So, you know, we're all, we all come from love and we all want love and all of that just as a general overview, but there tends to be this, this thing that inhibits us from really understanding love. It just feels like a lot of people, when they try to connect with their soul truth, they're coming through with connecting with what other people have placed inside of them through experiences, mm. through words that people have said to them. And it if that is what is residing in that very first surface when you touch into your energy, then that's what you believe is your soul truth. And that's how you're going to act when you make your choices from places of, I'm actually not good enough. I'm actually really scared of doing this. I'm actually have a lot of anxiety or sadness or, you know, instead of, um, or shame or judgment, instead of being like, oh, I can choose something based in joy, which, you know, it, it gets, it gets very much like, oh, choose love and light. But I think it's easy to write stuff like that off if you are not aware of how to sift through everything that is stored in the portals of energy to find the little illumination bits and start to grow them Mm -hmm. into, I mean, it's literally love and light. I don't have another word for that in our language. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that I was really finally addressing fully in my life at the time I took your class was a miscarriage that I'd had over a year before. And I'd been at the time, like even the year before aware of like the chakra system and stuff like that. But it was just more again, like of the the very tip of the iceberg understanding that you get little tiny mini lessons of if you go to um, yoga classes that acknowledge the tradition as opposed to just move you through a bunch of postures. But I didn't even, didn't like sit in like, it. I don't even know how to explain. It was like, it wasn't until I was in, it was the one, I can't remember if it was the root and the sacral on the same day or if it was the sacral and the solar plexus. One of those days though. And I remember I did a tarot spread for the first time of just what each one of my chakras looked like to me on that day. And that wasn't like a part of your class, but just something that um, showed up to me as like a thing I should do during one of your classes that I now incorporate in a lot of my readings. And I remember pulling all these cards for my lower three chakra centers. And it was just so obvious to me how little attention that I pay to them. Like my crown and third eye, throat and heart all had energies going on that I could recognize. 
but my lower three, it was just like I'd forgotten that they'd existed. And when I looked especially at my sacral and my root, there was something, I don't even remember what they were, but there was something in me that just realized like how much grief that I'd been storing in my lower centers and just ignored it. And that's why I had been doing that. And it was like that day specifically, I was like, fuck, (laughs) that's still there. Holy shit. And it was so hard for me to like recognize that. And it seems so simple. Like you should, like all these associations that the the chakras have, like with um, like the reproductive organs or, um, you know, your safety in home, what comes with the root. But it wasn't really until I was in an environment that gave it a whole other depth of meaning and showed how it can, the centers connect to literal systems in the body, as opposed to just like ideas and ways that it be manifesting for you as an imbalance in your life where I was finally like, I have to address this. And that whole month, um, cause that was towards the beginning of October. And it was like the rest of that month was like just this cascade of grief for me. If people go back and listen to even like podcasts that I recorded during that time, you can definitely hear it in there. And um, again, like I'm really grateful for that because Ever since then, when it's given me just like a different depth of understanding uh, with how people store energy. And that's come up in pretty much like every reading that I've done for other people as well. Um, if I do that, that chakra spread. Um, so I, w- I would love, Rachel, if you could touch on um, especially like the lower chakras in the episode today, because I think probably a lot of people who are listening to this probably hang out in their upper chakras a lot. Um, cause that's kind of seems to be the nature of a lot of this work, <laughs> but I would, I would love to hear, um, your thoughts on the root, the sacral and the solar plexus today, and even the earth star, which is one no one knows about probably. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. So much came up when you were saying that because it, they do, they hold so much. And one of the reasons I wanted to teach and one of the reasons I have my Patreon, which is really just like, come geek out with me while I share chakra information. It is so easy to find the basic information online. And unless you actually like are really drawn to diving so deeply into it, it can get confusing and a little bit boring because every single search just says the root is red and connects to earth and it's just kind of like okay but what does that mean to me what does that mean to my body and my life so um so the we'll just go through uh i'm going to try to keep it brief that's hard when it's your enthusiasm (laughs) (laughs) because i'm just like there's so much that's why i made a five-week class on it and uh also the cat's out of the bag but like the first week is is the hardest. <laughs> I think yeah. I even told my students like don't don't review the first week, review the last week because the first week is very much like oh my gosh, life on earth has really hard it's been hard. <laughs> it's it's so hard. Um let's just dive into it. The root So its association is red for a reason. Its association is red because it connects to blood. It connects to lineage. It connects to your generational and ancestral 
traumas and healings that have come down to you, especially if you identify as a chain breaker or um, as somebody called to that ancestral work, that root chakra really holds on to a lot of that. It also holds on to the earthly things that the denser experiences. So the actual experiences and moments that happen in your life are sitting in your root chakra. That means when you have an event and if it is something that for safety and future security, your body feels like I need to tuck this away so that I remember not to have this event or sometimes so that I can remember to bring more of this into my life because it was awesome, but more likely we're storing a lot of I need to, for safety, remember not to engage with this. You then come up to your sacral, which is associated with things like water and orange, creativity, sexuality, those reproductive organs and stuff. But it also energetically is taking the emotions from that event that you just experienced in your root. And those emotions are what is being held, the water of your your sacral space is like a vessel holding everything that you felt like you wanted to cry about but you didn't actually release and that's where a lot of sacral work and things like um i know you mentioned yoga things like back bend postures or um really like hip like like splits and stuff like that can start to make people cry because you're holding so much of that water and that emotion um, in your body. When you come up to the solar plexus, that is your seat of intuition and your gut feeling and your knowledge. So you're taking that experience in your root, the emotions in your sacral, and you're bringing it up to wisdom in the solar plexus. Now, if it is an experience that left you feeling fear-based, like I have to protect myself, you could be overcompensating in your choices and perhaps being a little more timid. You know, people say this sacral or uh, solar plexus is connected to confidence. So people are like, strengthen your confidence, shine brighter. Well, if you look at why things are feeling not confident, really, they're just being secure for you. I'm not putting myself out there because my root and my sacral are telling me it's not safe to go in this direction because of directions that have happened in the past. These portals, they really are timeless. They really do hold everything as though it is happening in the present moment, and it can actually like halt you from making a choice even though your brain may be saying this is the right thing for me I should apply for this job I should go out with these people to you know engage with more friendships or something but you're unsure on if you you can put yourself out there then that is that is the messages not directing you in a way that is more higher self base, it really is very protective. Another thing with the solar plexus is the the tapes that people have programmed in you, the you're not good enough, who do you think you are, Um, what you're doing is shameful, what you're doing should not be done, Um, those kind of judgmental thoughts 
they will take your intuition and cloud it in a way that when you think you're making a gut decision, you're making a trauma-based decision. So you may go into your solar plexus and get messages of this isn't for me because I am not special. And yeah, logically we can hear somebody like me saying that and know like clearly that's not a higher self message. It's not based in love or anything, but when you're hearing that from your body, you don't you don't know that. You're just like, "Oh, hey solar plexus, you're right. I'm not good enough. Thanks for letting me know. Thanks for keeping me informed so I can stay <laughs> in my little blocked corner here where it's safe and secure." So those are a lot of the ways that the lower three help to guide us. And again, none of that, like the energy is still flowing. None of it's so blocked that you're just kind of like stagnant. Like you're not like, like frozen. (laughs) It's all flowing, but it's all flowing, very trickling in a way that, um, that you're not able to actually move forward in your life. So even though the days are still going, you feel stuck. Even though you're waking up and putting on your shoes and doing your things, there's still this feeling of there, there's something else. Why am I groundhog daying it? Like, why am I so stuck? Um, and then physically, you could get literally stuck. Your hips can lock up. You could break ankles or stub toes or um, these are all lower back pain. Um, These are all the physical manifestations of the energy that keep you from continuing a creative and uh, happy, joyful life. Before we move on to the the upper chakras, I have a question that I've I've wondered for a while and I always forget to ask you. If people are experiencing um, like ankle problems, like stability, or knee issues, would that be more connected to the root or the earth star? Oh yeah, I I can totally talk about the earth star. So I would say that it would, the earth star for people that are listening, first of all, is a portal or a chakra about six to 12 inches below your feet. So in the ground, and it connects you to the energy of the earth. And it connects you to your past lives. So it is like a thread of your energy in this current incarnation, as well as the other experiences that you have lived or will live in the future or are simultaneously living, all held in one meeting place so that all of that information and all of that healing can meet together. So when you do healings for your own body in this lifetime, it travels through the earth star and ripples out to your other lifetimes to start rebalancing the karma. It's like when you do, when you have an energetic vow in the past, like I have a take a vow to poverty, I take a vow to celibacy um, or those sort of things. When you renounce those vows and start to break free from them in this life, it ripples out to the past life, starting to send healing and permission to enjoy um, relationships and coupling and um, and abundance and prosperity. 
So, and then it's also the connection to Mother Earth and goddess energy and nature and wanting to preserve our planet and all of that. So then the Earth Star is linked through your lower extremities, but I would, I would say it, ooh, it could vary. It depends. I've seen feet pain being linked to a past life. Um, one person was that I've done a healing on was in a war and the standard issue shoes that he was given were too tight and it caused him to slow down and eventually um, because he couldn't make it uh, through the war. <laughs> he he passed away and that has since traveled and we did some healings through that. Um, like it just, yeah, it could be past life and therefore it could contain some information through the earth star. But, um, and that one was also complicated because he reincarnated with contracts with people that he had um, taken their lives in that war. And now they are close people to him so he actually took on the burden of like I'm so sorry that I killed you I will have painful feet <laughs> like that's my karma like I am so sorry and so we like had to do um a lot of past life work through that but it could also be an issue of I don't feel like I can hold my ground I don't feel like I have permission to take up space. So therefore I will crumple. And I, it could be, I've had energetically people push me um, around. So I, I'm hyper flexible and therefore my, my support in my joints is not really there because I have to be able to fall energetically in order to make other people feel comfortable um and then it also depends on the way the injury happens that could also be linked so yes all of the above <laughs> <laughs> but i would say most most likely root um and and being stable but it's it's so tough because a lot of it travels it's it's a line like it's all connected it's like um like if you're having heart problems, you're probably also having arm and and other problems because the blood is flowing through the whole body and you can't just isolate it to one one center. It's very similar to that where um, the energy can be strengthened in other areas. So like let's say it is more of a I can't stand my ground. I don't feel comfortable or safe standing my ground you would want to explore the solar plexus and find out what information is being held there that could be the start of the energy not really filtering down from source through the crown all the way through the channels. As it funnels down, it could be more and more constricted and you would want to start to unwind and unravel the knots in the fabric of the body so that you can recalibrate the system to stand tall and to be able to walk without pain. Mm -hmm. I have another question. I'm not sure if this one will make sense. You'll have to let me know. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. So I'm wondering now if 
because we've been saying upper and lower chakras. Is there an actual, I guess, for lack of a better term, division? Or do we just refer to them like that because literally one is the bottom half of your body and then the other is the upper half? Ooh, that's such a great question. And I, I wonder if this spiral system, the Celtic spiral system would see it differently because it really is just a continuum. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of it is because it's upper body and lower body. And I feel like things um, come from also the um, linguistics of anatomy. You know, your, your front body, back body, upper body, lower body, those kind of terms, um, just to help pinpoint where there is pain or, or stagnation. But they also resonate with a frequency. So as you get into the lower chakras, you get into a slower vibration or a more denser vibration. Um, and as you get into the upper chakras, you get into a higher frequency or a higher vibration. So that could also be acknowledging the frequency of the body. Okay. All right. I see how that would work. Does that answer it? I think it could go either way. Yeah. But then I guess you could also look at it as lower realm and upper realm, like the earthly realm. And then as you get further up in the chakras, um, you get closer to the spiritual, etheric, invisible realm. And a lot of people call those like the higher dimensions and stuff like that. So it could probably be looked at like that too. So do you want to keep going and explaining uh, the, the heart and upward? Yeah. So the heart, when you take that wisdom and all of that information from your experiences, your emotions of the experiences, go up to wisdom, then you take it to the heart. And that's when you start to radiate through choices that are beneficial to universal boundaries. So boundaries of your own body and boundaries of other people's body. If you're in really healthy alignment, that's the optimal goal is to go through life from a heart-centered place and be respectful of all life. And um, if you are struggling with information from the lower chakras that are keeping you from respecting your own boundaries or respecting other boundaries, those choices will reflect that. Then you take it up to the throat chakra, which we associate with communication. A lot of times people forget communication goes both ways and it's a lot of listening is so involved in the throat (laughs) chakra and a lot of times throat chakra health it can come from things like speaking and singing and actually activating the muscles of the body to tune the um, energy and the frequencies of your body but it can also come from listening and becoming into more of an internal place listening to the body taking your awareness to the lower chakras to start to discern the messages and filter them through. Does this actually reflect truth? Do I agree with the choices um, that I'm making based on the information held from my past? Um, 
And then you get up to the third eye, which is known for all the cool psychic stuff and where probably a lot of people like to live. And I do single chakra readings and I get so many people coming in wondering, how can I open my third eye? Um, and I've even gotten people that are like, my third eye stuck. Like I even have had Reiki masters come and be like, my third eye stuck. And when I connect, I'm like, it's, it's not your third eye. It's actually one of the other chakras that is... Um, where your priorities are being shifted to, but you're so focused on the psychic aspect of the third eye that you're, you're missing some of the information being held in the rest of the body. So aside from all the cool psychic stuff, it really is that universal knowledge, but now in a way of oneness. So it starts to keep, um, it helps to keep you from going into a place of me versus the world when you are in alignment. And a lot of times when you have more judgment and shame-based messages traveling up your body, you are unable to see that from that third eye perspective. Um, and then your crown is the portal that connects you to energy of just pure divinity, whether you call it God, goddess, source, universal light, it is the, um, it's the space where you connect with those higher messages, where you allow that healing energy to travel through. From a Reiki perspective, it's where the Reiki starts to travel through the body in your attunement process to have it flowing around you and activated within you. And then you have chakras externally, and I do intend to go into that on Patreon in the future because it's really fun for me. <laughs> yeah, I we did the Earth Star mini lecture, I think it was like two weeks ago now, and it was really cool because one of the things we did was a meditation, and we got to see what our own Earth Star looked like on like an individual level. And then we got to see how they were similar and different to everyone else who was there, which is neat. I like how you have like a personal experience focus with a lot of the work that you've done teaching wise, because it's really easy to like go to something and have people tell you what things should and shouldn't be. And then invalidate your own experiences because it didn't match what someone said, but to have both to have like, to share like the collective shared experience and, uh, wisdom that people have had for a long time in different cultures and then tie that in with your own personal experience and have both of those things welcomed in classes I think is really cool yeah I I love doing that because I also that's how I started my journey was I would do those guided meditations that would be like now see your glowing red ball of your root chakra expanding and I'd be like I don't feel expansive like, I don't feel it right now. Um, and then one day I was just like, so why are you not a ball? What are you? I, I get a little, I get a little bit sassy with energy. I'm just like, Hey, now tell me what's going on. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was like, I'm a marble. I'm cold and I'm hard and I'm small. And this is how I protect you. And I was like, Oh, I have some work to do. Like, that's not anything natural or earth or, I mean, I guess it's round. So that's something, but 
when you're told to look for a wheel or look for a colored energy um, and you go in and you explore your energy and you get something totally different, it, it, again, do you have permission to trust it? If your energy is showing up in a different way, chances are you're holding information that tells you, I'm not trustworthy. Who do I know? I need to listen to these experts. Um, when like my whole, my whole basis for teaching is you're the expert of your own energy. And when I do, um, when I share how, how to be an energy worker and healer, it really is, you are not the guru of somebody else's energy. You're just helping them learn about their own energy. So, um, I'm all about finding out the information of your own center first and then exploring what do other psychics and energy workers have to say about this energy and what what matched and what didn't. And do you feel comfortable believing everybody? Because nobody here is wrong. It's all energy and it all shifts and changes. What has been a chakra focus for you personally lately? <laughs> Um, so those that have been following me know that, and for those that don't follow me, hi, I am going through a really tough period right now. So I am in the lower chakras. I've been spending a lot of time with the root. Um, I did a lot of earth star because like my lack of security was super deep. So I really wanted to find more of a universal space of healing within myself, I, um, my, my body is starting to, I've been pretty sick lately from mold toxicity. And I'm on a journey of healing, which is, again, uh, something that I keep exploring in my lower chakras of, but I'm a healer. Yes. And I am also on a healing personal journey, and working with um, my own boundaries around that my own like egoic limitations of that and my allowance that those two can exist in the same space I feel like my journey has been so much of a polarity I even remember just now um on the first episode being like yes I can also communicate with Jesus and be a witch and I'm not exploding these things happen in one space <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot that I said that until like it just popped in my head just now but yeah I am a healer and I am in a healing journey um but yeah so our home we've had to get rid of everything we've had to get rid of sentimental memories of my kids stuffed animals their art from when they were very very little because it's paper and it can hold on to mold spores um and then when the body is um the only word that's coming to mind is failing but let's try to think of something better please like <laughs> I don't, it's not a test yeah, because it's not a test. Yeah, when when it's not in optimal alignment or whatever, malfunctioning. <laughs> now I just sound like a robot. Um, but it also makes you feel not secure because this is where I'm also residing. And I feel like, can I trust it? It's bringing up a lot of things from the past of um, just 
yeah, there's just a lot of memories starting to resurface as I do this healing that I'm like, oh, hello, you're sitting in my portal. Let's uh, explore you. And um, and yeah, so I've been sitting in there. I've uh, since started moving into the space between the sacral and the heart, it feels like. Um, because a huge part of my journey has been receiving, which is held a lot in the back body. So the, your chakras also, they are not just like inside your body. They radiate out, forward, back. And, um, and then you also have this weight on the side, whether it's masculine, feminine, um, that is also an, an invitation to looking at giving and receiving. But the Front of the body, I tend to view it as giving what you're projecting into the world, what you are expressing and sharing with the world. And the back of the body is what is cushioning you, what you're allowing to hold you. Um, and again, if you have been coming from a place of trauma, which I have, my back is feels very much against the wall in the corner with my my marble root chakra like this is hard and structured and will keep you safe but nobody can give you anything when you have your back against the wall you cannot receive it because you're not allowing anybody behind you it's like if you want to go do a trust fall and you're like but I don't trust you guys to be behind me that doesn't work <laughs> you can't do it so I'm working on um, looking at the community that I've built around um, myself and looking at the people that maybe I had struggles with trusting in the past and wondering if it's because I associated them with people that were actually not safe in my life. And do I actually feel like I can relax into more of an embracing of life? It's hard for me, but it's also opened up some really beautiful ways of people showing up and actually being there um, to send energy my way. Um, and thank you. You're one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned the the back against the wall thing because I was I've been reading <laughs> I had a panic spiral the other day, and then I purchased a copy of The Art of War online as a solution to that for some reason. I don't know why of all things. That was like what my, my brain was like. This will solve all my problems. Um, but I've been reading a lot of it today. And it mentioned specifically, it's like, do not corner your enemy against a wall. Always leave a way for them to leave because then when you back someone against the wall, they are going to fight you that much harder because you're the only way out. And I'm not quite sure how that ties in with what you said, but I feel like it does. <laughs> I trust it. We're going to go with this and then it'll illuminate at some point. So that the astrology will align to a point where both of us will be like, this is what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just, we'll just know. Do you have a favorite chakra? I won't tell the other ones. <laughs> don't tell um you know I I actually have gotten this question before or I've seen this question before and I I wonder if I do and then I sit and I'm just like 
I I don't know if I actually have a favorite. I feel like I connect with my upper heart, my higher heart chakra a mm-hmm. lot. It's in the space between your throat and your heart chakra. Um, and I find myself um, just like touching that upper chest part a lot and connecting with that. Like it's, it feels very like a comfort space for me, but um, yeah, I guess that would be my comfort space is that upper heart chakra. I feel like anytime that I'm having lately, I found like a difficult conversation or something. I'll just like kind of find myself tapping or rubbing on that spot as just like a little bit of activation for the energy to flow from a um, even like just higher than the heart space to the heart space, which we talked about can hold still the messages that are a little bit skewed from the lower chakras, but that higher heart tends to have just more of a oneness aspect to it where you can start to zoom out instead of being so filtered through this lens of what's right in front of you or, um, what's like really fear-based and anxiety-based, you kind of zoom out and see more of a bigger picture. So let's go with the higher heart because I've really been connecting with that a lot lately. I've had someone else mention to me. How about you? Do you have a favorite one? Sorry. Um, (laughs) My favorite one, I don't know if it's because I feel anxiety so much in my chest, but I always think of my heart chakra first. And maybe it's because... I, I might resonate more with like the spiral idea personally. Like I, I see both totally as like I've experienced both ideas powerfully. But for me, it always like I feel like everything comes out of my chest. It's really beautiful. It makes me want to um, revisit the books on the spiral. Now that I'm in a different season of my life, I'm really curious how that would reflect because um, things things can change like you reread things and it has a whole new meaning so I think I will go and um look into that again if people were interested in the spiral heart do you have any direction to point them in to look because I think I googled it and didn't see much yeah I came across it through books um let me see if I can pick up pull up some books that I've read on it I you know what I will send them to you maybe you can like post them with that uh let's see yeah if you can't find them right now i will Uh, put them in the show notes let's see there is a book called the celtic chakras by ellen sentier um s-e-n-t-i-e-r that's one of the books that i've read again like um it's so hard to deep dive into chakra information. I feel like a lot of it has also been things that I would come across on other articles that just gently mentioned it. And then I would kind of like dive into a little bit of mythology of behind it. And I just, I just go down these rabbit holes and I'm so sorry that I don't know how to quote the information or cite the information. This is just what I do for fun. (laughs) I just, I just go down, um, rabbit holes of energy and I just I love to dive into the portals about portals yeah I'm, I'm just glad that I mean 
the way you talk about it, it's obvious you're very passionate about the information that you've learned. So I'm glad that you've been able to share what you have. The The question I was going to ask was, I've had someone tell me before that the, the upper heart, the one in between the throat and the heart heart, is really connected to manifestation. Is that anything you've come across as well? Oh, I could definitely see that as well. Um, yes. And maybe that's why I'm so connected to it right now. Cause I'm just like, can we bring, can we bring some function to the malfunction? <laughs> um, yes. And I think it's a lot because of that zoomed out perspective and it's not so much of a, you know, just to use like a basic, um, idea. It's not like I want the lottery. It's more of, I want security from a place of financial stability so that I can pursue creative goals and dreams, you know, and you can zoom out and come through that way of examining your life and bringing in things to your life instead of bringing things um, up from a fear-based, what I'm lacking, what I wish I had because I've never had it before and I feel like it should be out there for me. It really is coming from more of this um, upper vibration or higher frequency of this exists in the world and I feel like it's aligned with the world that I could live in. So let's do it. Let's bring it into this reality. Yeah, I like that. I really like how many different chakras there are beyond the the standard seven that most people know. I think that was part of the reason why I had like it was intuitively off put by a lot of initially what I was seeing about chakras is because I think part of me just knew there was must have been more to it than that. And then um, as we expanded in the class too, and you mentioned all the other ones because um, you, you you focused on the the main seven, but you just definitely acknowledged how many others that there are. And um, that, that made me feel really excited to learn more about them in general. Cause I, I have definitely resonated with there being energy centers in the body, but I think I'm just so wary of information online in general now. Uh, <laughs> and part of it's a trauma response for me. Cause I feel like everyone's lying to me all of the time. And that's something that I'm working on. And trying not to continually manifest in my life, but that is still happening. But I can vouch for your course, and I am just really happy that I took it again. I know I've said that like 20 times on here, I think. <laughs> oh, thank you. And I love that you're using your voice because that lying that really felt like so throat chakra, like that just kind of illuminated in my, I just saw blue in my brain. Um, and, but you use your voice to speak permission to believe your own truth like that's what you share with everybody's stories that you interview here you're not debating truth you're just allowing space for people to share their own truth so that other people can explore discernment for themselves in this um this world that exists in a totally different plane this magical world that we live in um and yeah it, the other thing about the external chakras, and we have so many, and I go over the hand chakras in the Reiki class because you pour energy out of your hands, but we also talk about the feet chakras because we invite connection from that earth star into the feet. And um, 
and you just have you have knee chakras you have ear chakras like they're all over your body and they're outside of your body in your etheric auric areas but there's also this sort of um you know, I don't want to say it's like gatekeeping, but there's this sort of concept of like the external chakras are way too advanced for people. And I think people get really intimidated by them because they're called the advanced chakras in a lot of websites and books and stuff. And I do believe that having a base knowledge of the main seven is helpful because when you're connecting with those external chakras, you're looking at more... I guess, esoteric or um, just a different dimensional reality. You're looking at things like past lives, soul contracts, um, things that are of your higher purpose and things like that. And it could be intimidating if you don't know the traumas that you're holding within your body because you can look at your soul purpose. But if you're holding um, stagnation in those lower chakra realms where it's like, I'm not good enough. You'll look at your sole purpose and you'll be like, that's a contract too grand for me. <laughs> I don't believe it. And so it's not, it's not that it's too advanced. It really is a stepping stone from one space of the body, your experiences on earth to the grander purpose of what you signed up for, which it doesn't even have to be that grand. A lot of people I read for, they're just like, your sole purpose is to experience things because you were like dictated on what to do throughout your past lives. You lived a life where other people um, kind of told you what to do and you did it. And now you get to tell yourself what to do and you could do anything. And it's like, what? <laughs> that's, that's what I do. It's like, yeah, have fun have fun, have fun with it. Like it really, um, I feel like a lot of people now we've lived so many lives that it's just kind of like, can, can you have fun? Can you like clear all the serious stuff out so that you can have fun? And we get really caught up in the serious stuff. And it's like, but it's also fun. <laughs> <laughs> we also live like in the play. If earth is a school, like the school is supposed to have a really awesome playground, but maybe you walked out the wrong door and you landed in like a janitor's closet or something. And you're just like, I just see cleaning products. I don't know what to do with this. And it's like, okay, but there's like this really cool zip line <laughs> just out back. Like, <laughs> you can go there. It's not like hidden from you. It's not roped off. You're totally you know, allowed there, your VIP to the zip line. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a really quick shift in a tonal conversation, but where, what is your first reaction when I ask where people store the experience of betrayal? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So I, the way that I see energy is really awesome. I don't know. I just really love, I love being psychic. <laughs> I am like, being psychic is the zip line for me. So I'm like, let's walk through this. Okay. Grab a cup of tea, folks. We're going on a journey. So <laughs> betrayal, it is, it starts in the throat because it is something that you witnessed 
from a perspective that didn't happen first on an earthly density. It happens a lot in expectations versus reality. And there is this idea of telling yourself this person, situation, life will go this way. And then the betrayal happens where the choices made in the situation by the people involved, they happen and it connects with that expectation. And there is this, it just feels like, it feels like if you put melted butter against a wall and it just slides down, it's so greasy and heavy and it trickles from the throat down to the heart and the heart feels like lead. Like I just like can't breathe feeling the the weight of the butter and the betrayal. I'm sure if you ate a whole stick of melted butter, you would probably feel like you're clogging the arteries of your heart if you're just guzzling a bowl of butter. So we're gonna sit with that imagery and understand why it hits the heart so heavily. From then on, that weight of the butter, I'm seeing it solidifying from the heart space and dropping into the gut. Ooh. So you have this big, so right? <laughs> I didn't say it's a pretty journey. I just said, grab some tea. We're going on a journey. <laughs> and like, you're over here, like, welcome to the first week of class, folks. Like, <laughs> anybody was if anybody was on board with like healings or chakras or anything they're just like ew you have solid butter in your belly what we're going but over the butter chakra like energetically the butter chakra i mean it's yellow right <laughs> um so you've got the block of butter in your solar plexus now and all of the confident choices are being uh, they're being filtered through butter, but like cold butter, you can't filter anything through it. It just sticks to it. So you have all of this joyful, radiant confidence just kind of stuck to the underside of the dish. And I'm seeing it turning moldy, like if you keep your butter out and it just gets gross and moldy, but it's still cold. Um... And it really feels like the potential is starting to grow things that are actually hindering or transforming that energy into something really, um, I mean, mold. It's, it's really, I'm trying to really think of like a kinder word, but I'm just getting words like, destructive and disastrous and um and it really does feel like it it inhibits you from making any sort of potential driven choices because it does warp that everything that you see from that point on is through the lens of butter of you know what i confidently put my faith in a situation or a person and it 
sunk me so deeply down. And I feel like that's where a lot of the that post-betrayal depression comes from is the energy literally stinking in your body where you just have this grief of what you what could have been that was not manifested in reality. Damn. So yeah, it feels very much wrote to solar plexus. And it doesn't feel like it goes much deeper than that. It feels like it feels like it doesn't have to because it's clouding your confidence to engage with other people. The solar plexus is also the first chakra where you start to move from your own body and your own self into the external world. And you start to look around and you're like, oh, hey, what's up? There's other people here. And you start to engage with them. But when you have betrayal, it doesn't it doesn't sit lower unless you betrayed yourself. But like, I don't, it, that's like a whole nother thing. We don't so much betray ourselves. We make choices that keep us safe, even though logically or um, in more of a reality, it doesn't keep us safe. So it really is just choices for safety that you know are not actually good for you, but you feel like they are going to make you not as vulnerable because that's all safety is mm-hmm. is am i vulnerable to attack so i don't feel like it would go any further into the root or the sacral i feel like it it rests from in that solar plexus the one thing about healing is i talked about vibration a little bit and this is so important that when you connect with your chakras, you keep in mind the vibrations of the chakras. So we know that there are different sound frequencies that resonate to an aligned energy and you have certain crystals, all stones have a vibration and those align to certain frequencies. And density is not a bad thing. Like people are like, oh my gosh, it's so low vibe. And my go-to is like, yeah, so is my table. It vibrates at a low number of density frequency but like it's not bad I kind of need it to be lower frequency or else my cards would fall through Mm -hmm. things that are high vibe or more in that um that atomic that etheric I can't see you physically realm so you're holding density in the body right and it's slow the lower in the chakras you get the slower change happens. So as you connect with your root and your sacral and your solar plexus, it takes a lot of intention and continuous communication and, um, and yeah, attention, really just attention to help shift that back into a more truer alignment with your initial blueprints of your soul. Um, but the solar plexus, it's more up there. The heart is up there and the throat is up there. So it's not like betrayal is all hope lost. You're working with some of the higher chakras. So you can start to shift that perspective and move that butter flowing out of your body. So you don't just have this block of heaviness in the body. Yeah, I can't have all that butter in there because I'm lactose intolerant. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) 
Oh yeah. So it's not all hope is lost when I tell you you've got some melted, solidified, moldy butter going on, people. Like it is not it is not stuck there forever. And that's where um people like healers and readers are really great because they help guide you through the ways that you are um you can start to align yourself with expectations based on your own higher self and not so much expectations based on an external life or an external timeline, which it's hard. We all like interact with people and we kind of expect them to like show up as decent people. Right. But, um, but sometimes we have to really work on ourselves and showing up in our best capacity to, feeling energetically is this person coming from a boundary respective heart space or are they still learning about boundaries and is there vibration around boundaries because no one no one's perfect Mm -hmm. and that's okay you're I'm not saying like go meet somebody and be like oh you don't know boundaries 100% perfectly like I don't I'm still uh traverse over others and allow people to traverse over mine, but I'm doing my best. I'm learning and I'm expanding and growing. Um, but yeah, are you guys vibrating at a way that is aligned with health and growing with each other? Or are they going to keep pouring butter in your body? Because that's where, um, that's where like the, the healing and stuff like that comes through. Yeah, that really fits. At least the experience that that I know from the experience of betrayal. So, thank you. That was a that was like a very interesting guided visualization for like. I think it's good to like talk about stuff like that in like a visceral way because we all experience things that are unsavory and we feel it like within us. So it's kind of it's kind of nice to hear someone else talk about it and have that resonate too, not just the like awesome feelings, you know. Yeah. So one thing I'd love to talk about as far as psychic development and stuff like that, just to totally venture off with that imagery is when I started seeing that I saw, I felt throat and then I saw, a, I saw the way that the word expectation and reality kind of collided. And then I got the imageries of the melted butter and I could have easily been like, Nobody's pouring butter down somebody's throat. What is this? I don't (laughs) trust this. But it really is all metaphoric. A lot of spiritual messages come through as metaphors in the best way that our human perception can interpret stories and the way that people put energy together. So we're always interacting with people. And sometimes people are... Um, extracting energy and sometimes people are pouring energy and sometimes it's mutual where you're engaging with somebody and you're just kind of exchanging it back and forth that's why um you know when you charge for services and stuff people call it an energy exchange i'm giving and receiving um but sometimes it really is just a pouring and you have to look at what is that substance that somebody's pouring in this case it was melted butter that solidified and became really nasty um but you know, you can also look into that when you connect with your chakras. What have I been pouring into my body? 
go to like actually sit and ask your root chakra bring your awareness inside your body feel it traveling all the way down um if it helps drink a glass of water and feel it like travel all the way down and then just be like hey body what am i pouring into you can i like say a positive affirmation into my glass of water or cup of tea and drink something really tender and kind and actually literally pour something nice into my body until I can energetically trust that I am saying good things to myself. You guys can start to do little healing things with your body. Um, just a little little tip. And then trust, trust what comes through if you are doing um, exploration with the third eye and the psychic realm and all of that. I didn't know that I would end up at moldy butter. I didn't see the whole picture. I just kind of told the story as it unfolded. So just wanted to share that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, as we kind of pull it to a close now, I just want to again say everything you've shared today, I'm, I'm really glad to have said on the podcast. And if I was going to ask anyone to come talk about chakras on here, it would be you. And you delivered some really awesome information in a way that I think is really approachable to people, whether or not they have oh, had previous you. experience with chakras or not. So thank you. Yeah, I, that's the one thing that people would always say is like, it seems so intimidating. And I really, that's my goal is to just remind people that like, yes, when you're looking at it as like your whole body is energy, it can feel really intimidating until you take it down to it's my body. So it's like if you're learning anatomy, looking at all the organs and bones and joints can be really intimidating. But if you take it one specific area at a time, eventually you can gain all of the knowledge of it in a way that um, you can comprehend. So it's my goal is to try to get people to understand their energy and then should they want to um, or be called to work with other people's energy then I help give them the confidence and the knowledge to to trust and receive information that is beneficial to the clients that's another thing that I really um, that's a big goal with my Reiki teaching is to make sure that you're actually like doing something beneficial to the clients um reiki it's said to do no harm but my whole philosophy is it comes through humans and humans aren't always conscious of if they're doing harm or not mm. i have had reiki sessions that have been um incredibly uncomfortable and i feel like my goal is to make sure that people are aware if they are um creating a safe environment or if they're not they're not connecting from a place of healing I hope that made sense yeah I but yeah so. I that's my goal <laughs> is to is to try to filter it through as um yeah as little of your own experiences and more of connect like not so much from the egoic I'm going to heal you or from the uh, robotic, let me just put my hands on you and pour energy into you but into more of a what information would you actually benefit from at this time? What's here to be illuminated? And I can get those messages and give them to you so you can make make choices in your life that make you feel better, loved, and joyous. 
Amazing. I guess it comes back to like the way that I was talking about my kids. We all have our dark nights of the soul. And if like I could help people feel like they aren't so alone in those, I guess maybe that's just one of my, my main life goals is to not have people feel so alone as they traverse the dark nights that are inevitable. So, yeah. So if you're going through that, you can definitely find me. <laughs> so if you feel alone. <laughs> well, if people find themselves wandering on the dark hermit path through the underworld of the dark night of the soul, where might they find you? Um, I am mostly hanging out on Patreon right now, and I have really tried to make the tiers as accessible as possible. So like I even have a dollar tier if you just want to, um, you get access to all the workshops um, and group healings. I love to do bonus readings um, and just like little bonus informations. And then I also have like a $20 tier where I give you one-on-one chakra guidance. Um, I also hang out on Instagram, healing.mama.cha, um, where I post a lot of my own journey and reflections on healing through the lens of energy. And, you know, the occasional card pull for the collective and things like that. And I think that's mostly it. Oh, yeah, I have a website, healingmamacha.com, where you can book readings and healings. I do single chakra readings, uh, 20-minute sessions, 40-minute sessions, or tarot readings. Um, and, yeah, I, I have cut back on my hours of work because I'm doing a lot of self-healing. So I'm available just on Friday and Saturday nights at the moment for a few hours, but I do, you know, I still wanted to make myself available for those that could use a little bit of guidance through, through this time. Well, thank you. I will link everything that you just said below for everyone listening. And if you're listening and you would like to find me, you can find me at mothmana.com. There's a gallery of my digital art there. And um, other than that, you can find me on Instagram at mothmanatarot, Twitter at manaalen, and patreon.com slash mothmana if you would like to join the hordes and support the podcast in my underworldian city. So Thanks again, Rachel, for being here. This is a really fun episode, and I'm glad that we got to hang out on this April Fool's Day evening. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so good talking to you, and I love hanging out with you. So thanks for inviting me back. Mm-hmm.